The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. And welcome into our first edition of... The Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks show in the 2022 season. J.P. Shadrick with you and a busy show coming up the next 40 minutes or so. NFL Network analyst, Jaguars radio field analyst, Jaguars television preseason analyst, Bucky Brooks is standing by. We'll have a final review of preseason week number one. Of course, last week a loss to the Browns, but the starters played pretty well. And we'll look ahead to preseason week two. The Pittsburgh Steelers come to town this week. Social media questions. We put out the cat signal. And we'll give you the best we came up with coming up in just a little bit. Bucky Brooks with us now from Los Angeles, California. And Bucky, good afternoon. Here we are in preseason week number two. What's up? Nice sweatshirt. Oh, you like that? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very Duvalish today. So I'm excited about it. We got another big preseason game coming up this weekend. So I'm trying to get ready, JP. Trying yeah, to get well, ready. Yeah, good thing you didn't wear that down here today. It was warm. A, a bunch of players in practice today didn't make it to the end of practice. I, I counted about 10 somewhere in that ballpark. Either had to leave and come back to practice with heat-related issues. you got to remember, they hadn't been on the field in the a warm environment since middle of last week. They had the preseason game at night, and then they had a night practice Monday, off days on Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. All of a sudden, they're back in the elements again today, Bucky. Well, look, uh, hopefully uh, we didn't lose anybody. Uh, seriously, it was just a little, hey, we got to get off the field, cool down, and then we can get back at it tomorrow. But, yeah, the heat is is an issue. And it's one of those things that in Jacksonville, you always like to think that this is a home field advantage, particularly early in the season. And so without practicing in it, uh, having a week away from dealing with the elements – yeah, you, you have some of these issues, but uh, the team overall will be better for it in terms of practicing for it because, man, it's going to be a nightmare for opponents. Mother Nature always wins, it seems like, Bucky, and, and certainly when it comes to heat. The uh, defense brought some heat of their own today, Bucky. Uh, they were working in some third mediums and longs, according to Trevor Lawrence, and the offense just had some issues, some fits and starts today, couldn't get it done, a couple interceptions uh, some miscommunications in the backfield, and Trevor Lawrence today after practice discussing that defense and trying to get back on track as an offense. We were just talking about just so many different looks you see from our defense. It's uh, it's really good for us because you see every look. So then, when in the, in the game, if they throw something at you that you didn't game plan for, you know we've already seen it on the practice field. So from that standpoint, it's great. But also, it can be tough when you get in these periods where you're working third and medium to long every play and you're seeing every different type of pressure known to man and um, you didn't really have you can't game plan for it because they have everything in so that's just honestly kudos to, to them for uh, dialing it up today you know they got us on a few and 
Um, just being able to watch that tape and all, all of us talk about it together, how we're going to protect it, what are our route adjustments, and also protection-wise, like what would we rather be in versus certain looks. So, I mean, the more you can get to that, the better. That's just going to help us. But, yeah, it wasn't our sharpest day offensively, but um, that's what I was just saying. You got to really – that's one thing I've learned is you got to be focused on the next day, not worry about what what just happened, what happened yesterday. Um, really focus on the next one. Well, Bucky, as an offense, they can go back and watch this tape from today and, and work on a few of those nuances. And, and how to adjust on the fly when things happen you aren't expecting. Yeah, uh, having watched the defense a couple of times live, they do present a, a ton of challenges for an offense. Uh, very multiple in how they want to come after you. Mike Caldwell has done a really good job of putting together a handful of blitz packages that makes it challenging to deal with this defense. And so when I think about what Trevor Lawrence is facing on a daily basis, the different zone blitzes, the different man blitzes, having to try and figure out how to do site adjustments versus man or zone on the move, and the overload pressures with the big bodies that the Jags have up front, yeah, it can be problematic. And I know when you're looking at it every day, you're optimistic that your team is going to play at a high level. But I do believe from what we've already seen in preseason, this defense can be a handful of four opponents. Which dog is this now? Uh, it's it's the first segment of the uh, season. Man, it's a, like so. So here's the thing, guys. Like I had so many things going on in the house today, right? Had a remodel, got appliances coming in, and right now I thought that I would have the gardener show up before this. So now the gardener's outside, and like the weed whack is going, and Luna, the pit bull, is going absolutely crazy. Just going absolutely bananas right here. That's why you're here in the background. Oh, we hear it. Yeah, absolutely. I, getting after it, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll, more on that uh, coming up. That's Bucky Brooks. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Huddle Up, the first Wednesday show in the afternoon in this 2022 season. Let's continue on offense, Bucky. Zay Jones continues to impress. You know, the first play from scrimmage the other night was uh, Press Taylor said today they had not repped until the pregame warm-up. And they throw it in there, and it works out pretty well. And then, of course, on Monday night, he comes out and has a great practice in the stadium. And it's not really – it shouldn't really be a surprise. This is what they expected, I think, when they signed him. But he's all in the playbook. He's all about it. And it, it's at least proving so far, Bucky, to be a great combination with Lawrence and, and Zay Jones. Great combination. And the reason why it works is because Zay Jones is a vet who's been around the block a few times. And when you have a young quarterback, you want to surround him with experience so that the quarterback can trust that when he lets the ball go, the intended receiver is going to get to that spot. So now when we look at this wide receiver core compared to last year, you have more experience. You have, I would say, more expertise in terms of more route runners that can create separation. So it's not a coincidence that not only has Trevor Lawrence developed on his own, but now he has a better supporting cast and we're seeing a better, more efficient, more effective offense as a result. And without Christian Kirk in there last week, Bucky, I mean, you can move Zay Jones around. He could try those different spots of the offense. They worked him in the slot a good bit. They were outside on the first play, but that gives him some options. And, and that was the idea of this offense is to move receivers around. Oh, we lost you. We lost you. It was the idea of the offense to move it around, to do more things, to try and be a little more dynamic and complex, but to really keep it simple for the quarterback. So if we can think about this in simple terms, same concepts, different guys getting to those spots. So as Trevor Lawrence learns the concepts, he understands that I'm going to put a person in the flat, down the line, and deep down the field. 
I just don't know which guy is going to be there. And so what it does is it makes it tricky for the defense to hone in on a player. But for the quarterback, he knows he's run the same concept. I just got to throw to the ball to the open man. He's going to be at the spot where he's supposed to be. And then, of course, uh, you, you move the quarterback on a play, roll him out. We saw that a lot last week. That, that seems to be Trevor's kind of comfort area when he's on the move throwing. Why, why is that? Well, one, he's an A-level athlete. He's a really good player on the move. He has big-time arm talent, and this is what he did in college. And so when you go back and look at how he played at Clemson, these are some of the things that he did very, very effectively. It is really smart for Doug Peterson to add this to the mix because what it does is it makes the quarterback comfortable. And if the quarterback is comfortable, he's going to be more effective. He's going to be more consistent. And the offense is going to move the chains. What we saw last week against the Browns, the first quarter was Trevor Lawrence in his comfort zone. And that's why the offense was really rolling. A couple minor misses for him last week, but but overall it felt good as an offense. I think Press said that today. Just the operation of it was clean. The play call from the sideline was in and to the huddle fine. There were no pre-snap penalties. And if you don't have any of that, then you can just go execute the play. We lost you, buddy. JP, it's about, it's about really being able to execute what you want to do and giving the quarterback enough variety where the defense can't hone in on where he's at. Is he in the middle of the pocket? Is he on the edges? Is he executing zone replays, RPOs? Are they putting him on the move to do bootlegs? The Jaguars have sprinkled in all of those different concepts. And so it just really makes it very, very difficult to deal with the quarterback, but it also allows the quarterback to have the comfort of being able to do things that he's very, very uh, comfortable with because he did them in college and he succeeded in playing a style like this. All right, Bucky, we'll come back in just a moment and flip it around to defense. They had a pretty good night at the office as well in preseason week number one. We'll hear from Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, coming up. A little special teams talk as well. And, of course, coming up in just a little bit, your social media questions from earlier today. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. It's Huddle Up with Brucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I love it. I mean, when you have a guy like he, like him back there, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is, is I trust him to make good decisions depending on that hang time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to give him the green light. He's a, he's a guy that I trust making great decisions. He's shown to be an elite returner in this league for a long time. Yeah, uh, we're lucky to have him, and, and he, he definitely have the green light uh, to bring him out. That's Heath Farwell, the special teams coordinator, and welcome back to Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on a Wednesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with NFL Network and Jaguars Radio and Jaguars Television and Fox Sports Radio analyst Bucky Brooks. Did I leave anything out, Bucky? No, you didn't leave anything out, but because – Luna, my dog is going so crazy. I feel like she also needs to be on the marquee. Okay. I'm gonna try and keep her. I'm gonna try and keep her in check while the people are running around the house. But we're gonna try and apologize to all the listeners for the noise and the chaos hey. that you hear in the background. Luna is welcome on this program anytime. It'll be the Bucky Brooks show with Luna the Pitbull, and then way down here, it's uh, JP and John. That's fine. That's fine. That's what it yeah, is. we get. We'll get it. Uh, Farwell there talking about Jamal Agnew, of course, who's working his way back from the hip injury. He's been out there a little bit more, was in some offensive work today as wide receiver. That's a good sign. I don't know how much you need to press him before the season. You, you kind of know what he is. But, hey, 
when the coordinator says, hey, you've got the green light, uh, I don't know how many green light guys there are in the NFL in the return game these days. They're not many because it's really hard to um, return kicks now the way the kickoff rules are set up, the way people are putting in the end zone. But Jamal Agnew is special. And so anytime you have someone who can take it the distance from anywhere on the field, you want to give them the autonomy to make decisions based on their ability to to move down the field. And so when you think about how a good returner can flip the field, can shorten the distance that the offense has to go to score a touchdown, you want to give those guys an opportunity to do what they do well. Talking about a Pro Bowl player, a guy has been an All-Pro as a returner, you want to give him a chance to to make big plays. And so I think as he comes back in action and as Heath Farwell gets even more comfortable with him, you'll see some special things from the Jaguars' kick units designed to help Jamal Agnew do what he does well on the perimeter. Let's stay on special teams. And the kickers have been under the microscope in this training camp. Elliot Fry waved injured yesterday, Bucky. So Ryan Santoso is the only kicker on the roster right now. He was 7 of 8 today. I sat there and counted them in the special teams field goal period at the start of practice. And then later in a team period made a couple from about 45, somewhere in that ballpark. So a good day for him in the field goal department. And he's got a big leg to go with it too. A lot of this, Bucky, though, yes, the field goals are the most important. You've got to score the points when they're there. But it's the other nuances of of – uh, place kicking and kicking off it's um, directional kickoffs and yeah kicking it out of the end zone when you have to uh, that hasn't happened around here in a while he's got the leg to do that it feels like um, but you got to go find if, if he's not for some reason you got two more weeks to figure that out and then you're scouring some other teams rosters yeah so this is a position that you're always looking for the best kicker that you can find and so you want to give him every opportunity to solidify the job but you also have your scouts looking at every roster trying to figure out who can shake free who can shake free either via cut or maybe by trade acquisition and so what the Jaguars front office is doing now is they're comparing what they have to what's out there and what could be available so it's really important that he continues to kick well he continues to show them that he can be more than just uh, a PAT field goal booter, that he can directional kick, that he can put the ball in the coffin corner on kickoffs or drive it out the end zone. Because if you can do those things in the kicking game, it gives your defense an advantage because now you force the opponent to drive the length of the field. And so it's one of those things that Doug Peterson, uh, Heath Farwell, and the front office, they'll continue to talk about it because it's underrated in terms of his value, but it comes up in big games. If you don't have an A-level kicker, it is really, really difficult to win consistently in this league. Bucky's listed at six foot five, two hundred fifty-eight pounds. I stood next to him today on the practice field, and he's all of that. That's no lie. He, look, he's he's huge. Watching him up close and personal at the Hall of Fame game from field level, I mean, he is a monster when it comes to size-wise. And then he has a big lead to boot. The main thing that you want to see is uh, it's not about the distance and those things, accuracy consistency. Uh, in my estimation, when you think about a kicker, you want to be able to be nails. 40-yard uh, line and in, that has to be automatic. But now the bonus comes in from 40 to 50-plus yards. If you have someone who can be a weapon where hey, you get to the 35-yard line, you have a reasonable shot of getting points, that changes the way that you call plays as an offensive coordinator. And so it's really important to find someone who can, I would say, expand the scoring zone for the team because then it really gives you a chance to be a very prolific offense because you don't have to get as close to be able to put points on the board. 
This is Huddle Up presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick with Bucky Brooks. Let's move now to the defensive side of the football, Bucky. We heard from coordinator Mike Caldwell today. And I asked him about Trayvon Walker's progression, the number one overall pick over the last few weeks. Two weeks, just his moves, development, everything. You see it uh, mainly in the run game right now. You see the physical part of it, him getting off blocks, setting blocks, and setting the edge for us. And then in the pass game, you see the talent. You see the toolbox start to expand. So he's uh, progressing. Bucky, how long should it take for that toolbox to expand and see that on the field, pass rush game? Well, see, that's that's difficult because, like, there's an art to being a great pass rusher. It's not just height, weight, speed, explosiveness. It's about how do you set up your moves? How do you sequence your moves? Do you have hand-to-hand combat skills? Uh, are you able to develop a what we call a fastball, then have a curve or a changeup to go with it? Can you put up complementary rush moves to go with your main one. I will say this. Um, we've talked about it on the air and privately. He reminds me a lot of Jadavian Clowney, where a lot of the explosive production is going to come from the run game. Tackles for loss, uh, being able to just be disruptive in terms of just changing the way people want to run. Maybe they don't want to run to his side, so they run away from him, but yet he's still able to track it down from the backside. I believe that's how he's going to make his immediate impact. Whether he ever develops into a double-digit pass rusher, I think he still can show the value as the number one overall pick by being a menace against the running game. Because if he's a bully on the edges and you're not able to run, it then puts the offense in long-yarded situations. And the Jaguars have enough pieces in Josh Allen and Arden Key and in Trayvon Walker being able to play games with those guys to be able to create a consistent pass rush that really allows them to win games. Bucky, the uh, Jaguars' starting defense, I think, played three series. They had a total of seven yards allowed and a takeaway. Uh, what else do you take away from their performance in preseason week one? Uh, they got after it. They got after it. They got after it in a major way. Uh, the way they were able to make Deshaun Watson uncomfortable, you could see them. Uh, you can envision them doing that to the other teams. It is not only just the speed that this team has, but it's the size. And I think when you watch them up close and personal, you can just see how big this defense is. And it's it's, kind of like boxing. There's a reason why you don't put heavyweights in with middleweights because over time, the cumulative effect of the big blows wears you down. We saw early in the Cleveland game, the size, the speed, the athleticism, it just overwhelmed them. And then when you have a master scientist on the sideline, kind of throwing all things at you when it comes to blitzes and simulated pressures. It is a lot for a top offense to handle, and we saw the Browns struggle with all the things that the Jaguars did defensively. Now, like, kind of like what um, Press Taylor was talking about today. You know, This is the time of year where you're going to see some blitzes and things that you aren't prepped for either as an offense, and there might have been a little bit of that. Hey, they, they're throwing, they're throwing blitzes and, and things to the Browns that you just haven't seen yet. Some of that might clean up a little bit as the season gets going and and scouting reports and things come through but uh, I think you have to have that base though before you before you can even build upon it at least they have a little fire in them and and have the size to go play there well they absolutely had the fire in them because they have these monstrous athletes on the edges and everywhere when you look at just the size of this team it appears that everybody is a a former basketball-looking player. Uh, 6'4", 6'5". You got guys in the the 295 to 310 range, and all of them can move. But more importantly, I would say that uh, the best defenses 
have a little edginess to them, right? Um, scouts will talk about this when they're looking at players. Does the player have a little dog in them, a little relentlessness, a little uh, violence and ferocity that, that allows them to get after it? I look at this team, and they are a team that comes after it. And so on defense, they kind of like it a little muddy. And so you're going to see a different style of defense and I think a more effective defense because these guys are kind of bullies on the block. See what Luna the Pitbull thinks about that. I think, you know. I think I wore down. I think I wore down. She's laying <laughs> in my feet right now. I think I wore down. She's all barked out, you know. There's only so, so, many, so many things she can do to disrupt the podcast, you know. <laughs> it's okay. No, always welcome here. But, hey, got, got it out early and has to regroup now. Let's come back in a moment. We got social media questions, Bucky. Okay. I, I know Bucky's excited about that. We'll hear from you. You know, I love that. You know, I love that. Of course you do. You're a social media maven of sorts. The Steelers-Jaguars game this Saturday is brought to you by Pet Paradise with over 50 locations to serve pet fanatics like you nationwide. Book today at PetParadise.com. Pet Paradise, the official pet care provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Right. Well, I think it's a it's a great advantage if we can. Um, it's uh, you're always kind of at the mercy of what's available there, right? So, like right now, uh, you know, as we look at it, there's 85 players on every single roster. There's not a ton of uh, you know players that you really want to add to your group uh, on the street right now. But as these cuts come in the next couple of weeks, there'll be more and more players available, and that's really the you know the job of our pro department. That's kind of what we're doing right now is is stacking those players how do they compare to our roster and when when guys come available that uh, that can improve us we're not going to be afraid to to pull the trigger on that ethan waugh the assistant general manager for the jaguars speaking before practice today welcome back it's huddle up with bucky brooks jp shadrick with you and it's wednesday afternoon the jaguars have another practice tomorrow and then off Friday before the Saturday matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, Bucky, he was talking about waiver claims there. That's a position you don't want to be in all the time is number one in the waiver claims. That means you weren't so good the year before, but um, you got to kind of use it to your advantage, but with a little bit of a grain of salt too, right? Because there's a reason that a player's on the waiver wire. It's the previous team didn't want him for whatever reason. So you got to kind of balance that. But if there's better players out there, you got to go take a, an opportunity to go get some better players on the roster. Yeah, you never turn down an opportunity to improve your roster. So what Ethan is talking about is just understanding where we are right now. Right now is not the time to be crazy aggressive when it comes to the waiver claims because the guys that are leaking out are the guys that weren't on the 85. You want to wait to the final cut down to kind of see who's out there and available. You also want to wait to after the first week of the season to begin to inquire about veterans because then you don't you're not on the hook for fully guaranteeing their salary for that year. And so it's a work in progress where what you're doing is you're looking and evaluating to see which guys can shake loose. And then you're trying to put together a plan and a strategy for upgrading the lower third of your roster. The last five to seven spots on the 53 should be interchangeable. You're always trying to improve that bottom third, that bottom portion of the roster, because the better you can, the, the better depth that you have, 
the more likely that your team is going to be able to withstand some adversity that may come due to injuries and things down the road. And Bucky, that's all scouting. I mean, that's what the the pro personnel guys are, are looking at. Tape, everything over the years, building a database on these players. So when they do come free, boom, you can make the move right away. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you're trying to not only do it for the here and now, but you're thinking about free agency. So, for instance, I am sure Christian Kurt was on the radar for the Jaguars well before free agent free agency opened up. Yeah. Guys that spotted him, guys that watched him, they had little reports on him, and they felt good about what he could do in a Jaguars uniform. In a pro department, you have uh, scouts assigned to every division in the league, and their job is to know the entire roster of everybody within that division. So when you do see a waiver claim from, say, one, for instance, one of the teams in the AFC East, someone should know the player, should be able to really make a quick call on whether we need to claim them or not, and make a move based on that information. So um, it all works together. The better your front office is, uh, the more likely you can be able to build a top-notch roster. And he talked about this today too, Ethan Waugh did. Um, they're still in the process of work getting those processes in place in, in scouting and who reports to who and when and coaching, having them involved at a certain point. That, that takes a little time to implement those things. It does take a little time to implement it. And you do want to rely on coaches because some of these coaches know some of the players from their previous stops. Uh, so those guys already know the system. There's a familiarity and trust between the coach and the player. And so you're really quick to bring those guys in because you already automatically know what you're getting. And sometimes it can help accelerate the development of the team when it comes to learning the offensive or defensive scheme. Yeah, but it's a work in progress. The coaches in front office are always working together. They always have these conversations about how can they make the team better. Coaches are always willing to give insight, like, hey, I, I wish we had a little more of this, a little more of that. And the front office is sometimes leaning on, well, what kind of player is that player? But it's a cooperation. Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson at the top of it, and then everybody else follows suit. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick with you, and time for social media questions. Bucky, your favorite part of every week. Love it. I do, too. We put out the cat signal today. Here's the best we came up with. At Gavin, B-A-5770-8280. With the release of Malcolm Brown, do you expect Balky to sign someone or someone to step up currently on the roster? Malcolm Brown released this afternoon, officially after practice, Bucky. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think they feel good about the gr group that they have. Um, if there's someone at the bottom of the roster that can add some depth, yeah, maybe. But when you look at Fodakasi and some of the other guys that play inside, where Robertson Harris playing on the inside, they have more than enough to be able to get it done. Now it's about uh, trying to see and assess how we're going to use Arden Key. Can he play inside on early downs, or is he strictly just a third down inside pass rusher? All of those combinations of players along the front seven, they factor into whether the Jaguars make a move to add another defensive lineman, or if they just kind of stand pat and say, hey, let's see what it looks like in the second preseason game. Let's see if we can get away with what we have and then just wait for the right opportunity to present itself. Yeah, they still got some time. They don't have to do it tomorrow. They're not kicking off in Washington tomorrow, Bucky, last I checked. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple weeks. A couple weeks. A couple, three weeks. All right, next question, Hodari11. When you see what the Bengals accomplished last year, what in your mind needs to happen in order for this team to eventually be competing 
In addition, what pieces need to be added? Where do you start here, Bucky? Ooh, well, it's tough because the, the Bengals, everything fell right for them last year. They got hot at the right time. Some of the teams faltered, so they didn't have to necessarily navigate the road around them. And then once they started believing that they could win, they started to win at a high level. So for the Jaguars, I think the first part of the season is everything. If they can hang in the race, uh, you're talking about being close to 500 in the middle of the season when they take the bye. Oh, I think you feel good about getting hot down the stretch. The main thing that they have to do is continue to build each and every day to be a more consistent team. Because if they can be consistent at whatever style of play, whatever it is that they're doing, it gives the coaches something that they can hang their hat on when the game is kind of hairy or getting out of whack. So it's really important to identify the identity of the team, who the best playmakers are, and how to best utilize those playmakers early in the year, including the preseason. All right, our next question from producer Sherry is Sue coming. What are the chances? Well, this was after, of course, the release of Malcolm Brown and Dominican Sue is a free agent, Bucky. He is a free agent. I would love to have him come play for the Jaguars. I just don't see a scenario in which he, that would make sense for him. He is what they call ring chasing. And I just don't know right now if the Jaguars are in a spot to offer him something where he can say, oh, yeah, I, I'll definitely take a discounted rate to come chase a ring with you guys. Not quite yet. Maybe they get that way uh, sometime this season. But right now, I think I hold off on bringing the veteran in. I kind of sit and wait and see who's the best of the best to come out. And then I'm going to get after that. He's 35, right? And Dominican? Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, what no are we doing? to 35-year-olds, I'm just saying. I mean, he's been around a while, is all I'm saying. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, that's it, that, it's, it's amazing he's 35. He's been at this for a long, long that – that whole thing with Aaron Rodgers seems like a long time ago. Oh, I know. It seems like a long time ago. It's the news cycle, 24-7, 365. Like, it's hard to keep up with what's the hottest story. That was a while ago, though, uh, no matter what. All right, final question. The underscore Jags fan 615. What is the latest on LaVisca Chenault Jr.? Is it crucial he gets some preseason action, or does it matter yet with this coaching staff? You know, he had a little more work today, Bucky, with the team. That's a good sign that maybe he'll get a little time this week. Oh, he has to get on the field. They have to see him because they got to figure out what they can do with him. Right now, he's a body beautiful kid that looks the part, looks like he can do everything, dominate all facets of the thing. But you know, look, man, it's it's tough. You want to get him on the you want to get him on the field so you can build a plan to see how you're going to rotate him in. Is he the fourth? Is he the fifth? Can he play on special teams as a returner? Early in the offseason, he volunteered to maybe catch kicks and, and do some things. You got to get him on the field to see where he's at because if it's time to move on, you want to be able to see that and do that by seeing it in preseason games, not by just speculating on what a player is on the practice field. When he's healthy, what are some limitations of his game, Bucky? Like what would what would you say, not quite red flag, that's too aggressive, but what are some things that are lacking? If, if uh, Not a premier or polished route runner. Uh, he is what I call a, a – catch the ball and run specialist. Basically, you want to put him on the move, you want to give it to him and let him go roll with it. I don't think he's going to give you anything um, anything in, in, in the outside of the run game. And I don't know if he's going to be a, per, uh, a guy that can really factor in as a primary wide receiver that can get it done. And so really trying to carve out a role. 
in my mind, I think the best role would be if you could utilize him like Debo Samuel. But we've been talking about that for the last two years and we haven't seen it materialize. I wonder, is this coaching staff invested in him enough to go through that exercise of how can we get him the ball? What's the best way to get him the ball? Here's how he's going to help us improve. Just don't know yet because we haven't seen him on the field. Yeah, only way to find that out is to, hey, guess what? Have the football in your hands on the field. <laughs> right? So we'll see if he gets some action this week. Uh, Bucky, one more segment. We'll come back and get our final thoughts ahead of this preseason week two game. The Pittsburgh Steelers come to town this Saturday. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And leave us a comment and a five-star rating as always. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll be here every Wednesday about 4 o'clock on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Bucky subscribes to all three of those. You can reach out to him, of course, on uh, Twitter all the time. You're always on Twitter, Bucky. We all are these days. It's the uh, that, way of the world. You're, you're far more active than I am. I doubt that highly. You're, oh, yeah. no, far more. You're, you, you, you paint the pictures. All I'm the time. painting pictures get, now, really. Yeah, you, you paint the picture. Like sometimes, like you give me the sunrise from training camp. So that's let today. me know what what the fields look like. Yeah. Other times, you, you you give me the action and who's who's doing what, all the stuff. So I can't tweet. I just sit and read. But then when you tweet, it goes to like two million people. That's kind of a big deal. Well, I mean, I I can't have to follow it. Well, I just try and, <laughs> try and, I mean, try you and know, go to follow and give them what they want. That's But you do. You always deliver. When you tweet, you do always deliver. Fuck <laughs> you always do. If, if, if I'm in a good mood and I'm not feeling punchy, I'm good. Punchy? Really? You, you get a little punchy sometimes and don't need to be on the Twitter when you're doing that. That's a good idea. Sometimes I try and, I try and put it in a drawer. Try and put the phone in a drawer and leave it alone for a little bit. Good you idea. Know, try, try and let it go. It's, you never go to... you. Know, the old rule, never go to sleep angry, never, yeah. tweet ang- never tweet angry either. Yeah, don't want to tweet angry. Don't, don't, want, to be, don't, don't want to be emotional. Not at all. Hey, uh, speaking of emotions, the Steelers are coming to town. That'll uh, raise some emotions. Yeah, it's the preseason, oh. though. Uh, it's the preseason, though. It's preseason week two. And the game, of course, presented by Pet Paradise, the official pet care provider of the Jaguars, booked today at PetParadise.com. You'll be on television again, Bucky with a Brian Sexton for the game this Saturday at the bank. How long will these guys go, and what do you want to see from the Jags' offense and defense? You know, in yesteryear, this would be the game where the first team would come and play the first two quarters and come out of halftime because you want to have that experience. Uh, I think it would be a mix. I think we may see Trevor and them go deep into the second quarter to get a full rhythm uh, to make sure that they get enough contact and tackling in. Um, when we talked to Coach Peterson early in the preseason, he talked about we got plenty of days to get guys right. Uh, when you think about the last preseason game, the length of time from that last preseason game to the regular season opener is a long time. And so I think they may play. I think they may have a good little rhythm. Now, if it's going well, uh, it might be an abbreviated stint. But I think we'll see them at least into the middle of the second quarter and maybe even past halftime. 
All right. Sounds good to me. Everybody's looking forward to that. Tickets available. They're going pretty quick, though, from what I understand. So it should be a nice night, hopefully, at the bank on Saturday. Um, And, Bucky, we'll look forward to seeing you. And then it's off to Atlanta next week. Man, let's get after it. This Pittsburgh Steelers game is a big one because they will test the toughness for sure. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. Bucky, we'll talk to you. Have a good week. All right, you got it. That's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, Jaguars television in the preseason, radio field analyst during the regular season. We'll have Jaguars happy hour, the Doug Peterson show coming up Thursday, the Publix tailgate show Saturday at 4 o'clock. Count out a kickoff on the Jaguars radio network at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reaver, David Cho, Kate Waske, and our entire crew for Bucky Brooks. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars digital network.